I just, you know, I got to studying today and I thought, well, you know, God had to make people because he wanted someone that he could interact with. The Bible says he made us in his image. That's how Adam and Eve started. They were his people. And he put them together as one flesh. And they, and they stood before him blameless, perfect copies on the inside of what God was. Perfect. He wanted somebody that he could give love to, that had the capacity to receive that. And then that he could share love back and forth with. Right? We had the capacity to receive and we also have the capacity to give. Okay? So 1 John 4.16, we're going to start there. And we have known and believed that love, the, the love that God has for us, God is love, and he who abides in him abides in God, and God in him. God is love. So the kingdom of God the realm that we are supposed to live in, that where our citizenship is now because we are new creatures in Christ Jesus, it runs and operates on love. And we must then understand and know how to operate in His love. That Because if God is love, then Jesus is love. And if He lives on the, on the inside of us, then we should be people and, and, and beings of love, right? The Bible says in Romans 5, 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. That tells us that the Holy Spirit is also love. Three parts of God, they all are equated to love. And it's now our job as new creatures in the kingdom, in this society, within a society, you talk about an anti-culture, <laughs> you know? We are another culture. We're, uh, we are other beings besides what lives in this earth. You can tell that. You go down to the Walmart during Christmas time, and you're going to find out that there's some people that don't have on the inside of them what me and you do. And I hope we've learned how to control what wants to get up out of us sometimes during those situations. But you understand what I mean, though. You understand what I mean? God is love. 1 John 4, 9 through 10. Let's look back up at there. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the perpetuation or the sacrifice for our sins. God, after the fall of man, we, we lost that perfect capacity to love. We started loving other things, putting other things before Him. Man, man did. Because of their selfish ambitions and the selfish things. We, how many of you can raise your hand with me and say, you, you, might, you were an ugly sight before Jesus. Before you became a new creature in Jesus. I know I was. My mama and everybody else around me could confess and vouch for that. That when God looked at us though, and He saw way back there during creation where he said, I'm going to make people and I'm going to make them in my image and I'm going to share love with them. But the thing was, when he decided he was going to love us, it wasn't the same kind of love that we understand as part of this earthly realm. His love was a commitment to always do good and to never harm us. 
to always bless us, to always have our best interest at heart, that everything that we would do in this life, that if we could find, that, that if He could find a way, prepare the way, that we could be brought back to Him, that we could live in His blessings, and that we could live just like what Adam and Eve lived back in the garden. I have my theory. I'm still looking at it. But I don't believe that He created them one day and they sinned the next. I mean, we read it in Genesis 1 and we see that God created man. Then He rested. Then the serpent came and they ate of the fruit and they fell. That's how it's read in the Bible. But I, don't, I believe they had some time to live in His presence. I, I believe they had some time to, to enjoy what was going on. There, in the presence of God. And, and, I, and I think that one day, something the serpent came to them then, in the same way that things come to us in our day. Did God really say? Does He really expect you to live like this? I mean, come on. you got this really pretty thing here. And Eve said, and, and it's like she just noticed when the serpent told her the fruit was good. It's funny back there. It said, and, and, and Eve looked at the tree and saw that it was good and that it would be pleasant to eat. Like she had never seen that before. So she's enjoying everything else that's going on around her. So the serpent had to point out to her the wrong thing to do. Once we come into the kingdom, once we are reborn, and the Bible says that we become new creatures in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17, we... Then the devil or the lust of our flesh has to come along to us and say, Look at that! We laughed so hard. Pastor David and Angie were over visiting with us the other day and we were sitting there and we were talking about all sorts of things and Pastor Brian, the TV happened to be on. And we're, we're, we're in this pretty heated discussion about the, a lot of things that are going on and all of a sudden he went, Well, I didn't know Alabama's coach graduated from Georgia. And Angie said, Squirrel! Now, the ones of y'all who don't have a three-year-old or haven't watched, that, that comes from the movie Up. The dogs would get distracted. Squirrel! And, and they would look and they would, you know, they, the dogs talked, you know, cartoon movies. Anyway, but I think that that's what happens to us now in our, create, our new created beings. Either our flesh or the enemy has to point out to us, okay, we're in the love of God. That's what we're talking about. Romans 5, 5, again, the love of God's been shed abroad in our heart. Do you know that your natural reaction as a child of God should be and is to love? Should be. Now, what happens, though, is that we get away from what God told us to do when we begin to let our flesh say, they wronged me. They said something about me that they shouldn't have, and they made me look stupid. Well, you prideful thing. I mean, come on. You know? And we have to have something then to come in as an outside force. Maybe it's the world's way of doing things, that re- the revenge factor, when God plainly says that vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and if you'll leave it alone, I'll take care of it. Right? But the world wants to make us think that we're weak if we do that sort of thing, if we just let it go. Somebody, a, a fellow believer, stole thousands of dollars maybe from you. A fellow believer said something about you that was so wrong that they, they had to be in gossip because it was, there's no way 
that they got that from, from what you said or did. They had to want to wrong you. And we think that it's weak then to say, you know what? It's all right. The Bible says I don't owe anybody anything but to love them. And it's all right. A lot of people would say, you know what? Don't let them be your doormat. Wouldn't they? And isn't that the way that the world thinks? You got me once, I'll get you twice. Right? So now what we need to do again is learn to operate <laughs> over in the love that God planned for us. Let's look. God's Word translation. This is Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. I'm going to read it here from a um, kind of a different translation, but you're welcome to turn if you want to. Ephesians 2. You were once dead because of your failures and sin. You followed the ways of this present world as its, and its spiritual ruler, which is the devil. The ruler continues to work in people who refuse to obey God. All of us once lived among these people and followed the desires of our corrupt nature. We did what our corrupt desires and thoughts wanted us to do. So because of our nature, we deserved God's anger just like everybody else. But God is rich in mercy because of His great love for us. We were dead because of our failures, but He made us alive together in Christ. It is God's kindness that saved you. God has brought us back to life together with Christ Jesus and has given us a position in heaven with Him. He did this through Christ Jesus out of His generosity toward us to show us His extremely rich kindness in the world to come. God saved you through faith as an act of kindness. You had nothing to do with it. Being saved is a gift from God. It is not the result of anything you've done, so no one can brag about it. God has made us what we are. He has created us in Christ Jesus to live lives filled with good works that He has prepared for us to do. I thought, man, that is so good. God's love is what brought us out of that mess we were in. God's love is what snatched us out of the miry clay where we were bogged down and never had hope. God's love. And you know what? We're going to find out. We read a verse while ago that said that, that um, people didn't obey God, but that it was His love that saved them. You know what? It's easy to obey God when you find out how much He loves you and what He's done for you. We ought to, you know what? And, and we, we find that in this life, people get so mixed up in relationships. I've been in them myself. Um, where we think if we can just do enough to merit the person's love, if we can just be good enough, then we could somehow get the person to love us. But you know what? That's not the way it works with God. He loved us before we made any move toward Him. We were born in the sin nation nature of mankind that Adam accepted into, the, into our species the day that he sinned against God. We were born with nothing to give Him. Even though He created us to share with Him in this great love. So then, when we got born again, then's when He turned us and He gave us that gift freely by no merit of our own. And for that, you know what? We ought to be scared. And not in a, a, a way that we would think that God would harm us in some way. But we ought to be scared because of a reverential love toward Him for the goodness that He did to do anything that would cause Him to be displeased. Our children are like that. When we look at them in a, in a displeasing manner, 
they cower. They, they, mommy, I'm sorry. They don't want to disappoint us. How much more should we be that way about the Father in heaven, the one that bought our lives with the blood of His Son? Amen? When we find out how much He loved us and when we really sit and meditate on the love that He had to have for us, that when mankind j- just threw away what He gave them, that He would send the sacrifice and that He would make our lives new and that He would give us the hope of glory to live on the inside of us. It's easy to obey Him. When you think about that. And we're going to look at three ways that we show our love back to Him because of the gift that He gave to us. Amen. The first way is to keep His commandments. Turn to Matthew 7, 21. Matthew 7, 21. This is a little different, <laughs> as you have gathered, than the way I normally speak. Normally I'm a little more upbeat and energetic, but this is teaching. We're learning how to live in obedience to the Master. We're learning how these services are to be instructional. That we learn how to live the life. Right? We can be excited, and that's good that we're excited. We should be excited. We should be excited about how much He loves us. We should be excited. We should have all of the glory of God in our life that we can possibly stand. But we also need to have instruction and be taught and learn how to walk out the things or you just be a flaky fruit. Won't you? People laugh at people. People laugh at churches like ours. Because people walk around, they're flaky, fruity. Walking around in the clouds up there somewhere. They think they're spiritual because they fell on the floor one day. When that wasn't the truth at all. Right? I believe in that. I believe that the Lord and His Spirit can overtake a person. But that also is nothing that we do. (laughs) <laughs> where the rubber meets the road is when we walk out the thing, when we're a doer of the Word. Amen? All right, Matthew seven twenty one. Here we go. Hallelujah. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Many, it says in the last days, will say to me, Lord, Lord, I had a great word. Don't you remember? I mean, we, we were at church and I gave that word and people, they were blessed and it changed their lives. And he's going to say, I don't care. You remember when I cast that demon out of that lady? Don't you remember? He's going to say, I don't care. Don't you remember all the mighty works I did? I mean, we had blinded eyes open in our services. He's going to say, I don't care. So some people must look at why. Keep His commandments. Romans 2.13 says, For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who would be justified. James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. And John chapter 13, verse 34, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. The Bible says, Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I command you to do? We show, his, we show our love toward Him 
by obeying His commandments. Because He's, he's not looking at all the things we do that, that we can do by His Spirit as He endows it to us. He's looking at, are you doing what I told you to do? Are you obeying my commandments? Are you looking into my word to find out how I want you to live and are you living that way? Because if you're not, you don't love me. And if you don't love me, you're not going to spend eternity with me. Because he don't want people living up in his house that don't have any love for him. Yikes! turn hard, didn't it? But you know what? That is the truth because that's what he said. Why do you say to me, Lord, Lord, but you won't do what I tell you to do? In the last day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, all these wonderful things I did, but I don't care because I don't know you. I've not been intimate with you. Let's go there. Luke chapter 2 talks about when the angel came to Mary and said, you have been chosen to be the mother of the Lord. And Mary looked at him and she said, "Ah, how can I have a baby? This is paraphrasing, obviously, but how can I have a baby? I've never known a man. The Bible says she never knew a man. Now, I'm not trying to get spooky, but Jesus said in the last days there's going to be people that that are going to come to him and say, Lord, Lord, and he's going to say, I never knew you. You never had intimate fellowship with me. You never gave me your life. You liked it for all the thrills there were in it. For you, how good you could look in front of people. That's not what this life's all about. It's about bringing glory to Him. It's about advancing the kingdom in this earth. And we can't do that without love. God is love. Okay? The the second way is that we love others. First way, keep the commandments. Second way is to love others. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us. We ought to love one another. We ought to be moved by compassion. And I'm not just talking about the people who come to church with us and sit over here and drink coffee in our coffee shop. There's dirty people, we, we think, out in the world, they smell, they are not dressed like we think they ought to be. We might think. How many of you know, though, you cannot judge a person and their life by what you see them as today? You cannot look at a person and say they ought to be doing better than that. You don't know. You don't know. And because the love of God should compel us, should be in our heart, should be part of our, in, our, of our, just every part of our fiber of our being ought to be loving toward people. But the second way that we show Jesus that we love Him is by loving other people because He gave His life for them. There, there is nobody that we pass in a day that Jesus did not die for. This is why in Revelations, 
The Bible does not say we've sang songs about it, but we're wrong. The Bible does not say that your name is written in the book of life when you are born again. It says that at the end time that there are names blotted out. Why? Because Jesus paid the price for everybody and He expects that they will all be there. And it's only the ones that are not reached in this life or or that reject Jesus, but the ones that may not be reached, that that, that we didn't give everything, that we didn't go far enough out of our way. Sometimes... Now, obviously, it's their decision whether or not to accept Jesus. But is it just me, or have you been prompted in the past to say something to an individual, but you didn't? We love Jesus by taking His love to other people and not stopping at anything until we give it to them. Is that right? That's right. All right, the third way is that the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. This is how we show love. And it's directly connected to loving one another. But this is a point. I'm going to tell you guys. I, I have never in my life before seen the people that like to uncover sin. Have you guys, I mean, I don't even watch the news. Can't stand it. Don't want it inside me. I think I say that a lot, but it's the truth. Don't want it inside me. But I, well, I've glanced at it a few times as even, you know, you're watching football and you get the coming up next 5 o'clock news or whatever. Tiger Woods, has anybody seen the mess that they're making over Tiger Woods? I mean, I don't even watch golf. I don't even know what Tiger's doing unless, you know, I hear some little blur of Tiger won the next thingy in Savannah. World Cup, is that? No, that's not it. See, I don't even know anything about golf. Can't hit a golf ball because I play softball. And so when I try to hit a golf ball, my wrist and everything don't do right because I'm, I'm, anyway, I can't play golf. I don't care anything about golf, but I know about Tiger. I know that there's at least 12 women that he's been with besides his wife. I know that when he ran over the um, fire hydrant and hit a tree, that it was probably because his wife was not trying to save his life by beating out his window with a golf club. It was because he just found out that his mistress was pregnant. Okay. You know, you kind of read between the lines and you think, okay, there's two golf clubs. She says she's trying to save him, but, I mean, the car door, I mean, all you got to do is get a key. Surely you got to spare you and just hit the, you know, little thingy, bloop, bloop. Or something. Something happened. I know, I mean, you know, and I know all this about Tiger Woods. Why? Because people like to uncover sins. It's none of my business. It's none of your business. What Tiger Woods is doing. If it was, well, if it was Pastor Brian, it would be in the news. But if it was Podunk Johnny that just comes and sits in the per, you know what I'm saying. They like to uncover it, especially when it's ministers. But if it's Poe Dunk Johnny that's coming and sitting in the thing, nobody cares what he's doing and if he's got, you know, 12 mistresses or whatever else. They just wish they was as lucky and had as much money as he did. Of course, then you'd get uncovered, right? But anyway, love covers a multitude of sins. When you hear something that someone's done, you should not run to hear more. Merciful heavens, you almost thought you heard something. Did I hear you say? Now, wait a minute now. Brother such and such, 
Did, did you see that? I think I saw his car at the liquor store. His window was cracked the other day when I drove by him. You reckon he smoked? I don't know. You know, you know how people do though. They thinking of things, trying to figure out. I mean, they, they didn't even see the thing. They just wish they knew something. Gossiping and backbiting and carrying on against our brothers and sisters and about people in the world. Do Jesus a favor and shut up. You know, because let me tell you something. If an unbeliever sees us talk, 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 and around wherever we are about somebody else, that the first thing they're going to say is, look, see, you see that, that hypocritical Christian? Now you blaspheme the name of Jesus. Because you can't keep your mouth shut and keep your curiosity under wraps. Let's don't do that. You know, if you know something about somebody else, keep it to yourself or take it to the Lord. The only reason you should ever tell anything that you've heard or that you've found out is because you're telling it to the purpose of their restoration. And then that's not the sister blabbermouth on the phone. You make sure that if you need, you think you need to repeat something about somebody, that you go to somebody who's going to restore them. That you go to somebody who doesn't have a reputation of talking about everything <laughs> that they know. Right? Restoration. And the reason I say that is because the heart of God is restoration. His heart is broken when He sees His children falling into sin. And His heart is broken the more He sees the people in the world continue to go deeper and deeper in their sin. And if we're living in God's love, our heart will be broken too. And we won't have a desire to smear their name to everybody we can find. So the next time that you hear something and you think, Oh, i got to tell that. Or you get in a conversation. I've, had, I, I've done it myself. Get in a conversation and say, You know... This, 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 and I go, you know what? I am not going to say that to you. I, I don't have any business telling them. Sorry. What, what? You got to finish now? No, I don't. Because that's going to go back to obeying the command of the Master. Right? And do I care more about what you think and more about me maybe looking good because I can make somebody else look bad? Or do I care about the command of the Master to say, love one another, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you? Right? No, I'm going to finish with this. I knew a person one time that was very unhappy in the marriage that they were in. Very unhappy. Got into it somehow or another. Couldn't figure out why they ever got into it. But they're trying, they're trying to live, they, well, they say they're trying to live godly. Right? By staying with this person. Which, if you got to do it, I mean, you know, you may, you stay committed. But the person, and you know what this individual told me? Thank God she, she repented and got over where she was supposed to be. But this individual told me that she prayed one time, God, just let him give me a reason to leave. And she said it hit her like a ton of bricks. And the Lord spoke sternly to her because what she was asking, you do know the only grounds by which we can divorce in the kingdom, don't you? 
She was asking the Lord to let her husband get into a sin that would kill him on the inside. Right? And she said the Lord spoke to her, just stern, just reprimanded her big time. Almost a how dare you ask me for my son to be destroyed. And she thought, oh my, you know. And she said, you know, I, I, say, I said, God, please forgive me. I never, ever meant to do anything like that. But she had got, you know, but this was the point that she was at. Guys, love and the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. And the things that we do and say and the ways that we allow ourselves to think and feel about people is an indicator of how much like Him we are. Love the Master's way would never ask for some type of calamity to come on someone to free ourselves. Love the Master's way always has the heart of seeing the person restored and of seeing His Word brought forth and bringing fruit in their lives. Right? And that's the love of God for you too. Because the Lord knows that part of this restoration process that He's given us in Jesus, that the more that we learn of Him, the more we are doers of His Word, the more prosperous, the more blessed, the more inner peace we will have. The Lord knows that. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we could be called the children of God. Amen. He adopted us. He didn't have to take us. He didn't have to take us back. He could have said, Man, made these people, wanted them to love me, they don't love me. <laughs> bye bye, people. Maybe more, something else, maybe. Or start over. But he knew from the beginning what was going to happen. He had to. Uh, he's God. And He loved us so much. Let's respond to Him by living in His love. Let's respond to Him by obeying His commandments, by showing His love to other people, and refusing to let us be a person that wouldn't have love's interest at heart. Because you realize by saying that, we say God's interest at heart. But God is love. And if you, if you remember your high school English, that word is, is a word that connects the one before it and the one after and makes them equal. So when we say praise God, we could actually say praise love. I exalt you, love, above all other things in my life. God is love and there's nothing... No other spirituality, there's no other thing, there's no other principle in the kingdom of God that we can grasp and that we can take hold of without love. It is the beginning. Amen? Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we worship you, God. We thank you for your great love. Lord, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you that we've been taught by it. Lord, I pray that every person in this place would be good ground, Lord, that this word would find just a resting place in their hearts. Lord, that there wouldn't be thorns or thistles or rocks or any other things in their life and their spirits, Lord, that would choke it, Lord, but that it would come to maturity. 
In Jesus' name, Lord, you said you would know us by our fruit. So, Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus to help us to be challenged by your love, to walk more in the fullness of it. In Jesus' name, amen.